as uh, Susie would say, oh, all your cities lie in dust. I know, ter- <laughs> terrible. Oh, it's as, okay, I got it. I understood what you were saying. <laughs> for, for, for those of you that made the tri- trip to Orlando, you'll see that I do better karaoke after a, a couple beers or so. Welcome, Sacramento soccer fans, to the State of the Republic podcast. I'm your host, Luis, and in today's episode, we're going to be talking about last Saturday's amazing win in what is the NorCal Classic game, Sacramento Republic against Oakland Roots, in what was a really good game, and probably out of all the games that we've played in the history of our matchups, the more uh, game in which, you know, I think we were more confident that Sac would be getting the win and that... I feel, in my opinion, probably the best game we've seen against Oakland thus far. And also, briefly mention what happened last week in the game. We're not really going to go too much into detail because Saturday's game was the real game. Last week's game, I mean, it was a midweek game and it was a bit challenging as well. But also going to be mentioning Sharon's visit to the Cal Storm in what I think, Jared, you were the one who dubbed it a massacre of a match, right? I mean, 8-0, like... I want to hear all about it. I wasn't able to tune in yesterday, so Sharon will talk to us about uh, what she experienced at that game. So let me first go to the co-host who's returning after a brief trip over in Southern California. Jared, how's it going, man? Uh, Welcome back. Oh, man, it is finally good to be back. As much as I loved Las Vegas and Pasadena, it's always good to finally, finally get to your own bed. Uh, right, right now I am just as fatigued. My knees are sunburned to the point where Ryan's going to start complaining to the club. If Jared can, it can burn an old glory red. Why can't our, our jerseys as well? <laughs> Love you, Ryan. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> All right. That's a real hard act to follow Jared. Um, kind of like Susie anyhow. So I'm Okay. I'm tired. It's been one heck of a weekend for me personally, but I'm alive looking at the daisies from this side. Can't wait to briefly chat about what happened in Orange County. Really thought we were going to juice the oranges, but that didn't happen. And then talk about this incredible match against Oakland. And then, uh, you know, move on from there. Luis, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, A bit tired too. I I just came from the Bay Area, but I don't sound like that, but... Yeah, it's going to be quite an episode today for us here uh, as we record, uh, not in our usual recording time, but uh, luckily there is no midweek game like last week. And it's it's tough for us when there is one because we need to drop the episodes real quick and gives you all just a few days, even just hours to listen to it. So uh, we're really thankful that <laughs> we're not getting a match midweek, but we are getting another one. It's going to come up. Uh, all right, Sharon. Well, let's go ahead and start as usual with the Golosses of Gratitude. So take it away. And now one of my favorite segments, Golosses of Gratitude, where each of our hosts takes a minute to reflect and express gratitude to people, situations, or events that have touched them. Anyhow, let's go. Let's hear some Golosses of Gratitude. Well, thank you. And as usual, I'm going to just jump right in and talk about my galazas of gratitude really quickly. 
Thank you, Tina, for being my proxy. I believe you got me one point. Thank you for guesting on our show, Jorge. That was so much fun having you as a guest host uh, last time we recorded. So much fun. Can't wait to do it again. And thank you, Rosa, for the sign about Russell. We have to get everybody starting to sing it now. And you actually made the television spot. I think everybody saw it. Uh, Ciceroni, the Sacramento treat to the tune of Riceroni, the old jingle. Um, anyhow, I'm not going to sing it. We've done it before. And then you alluded to it. You know, I'm praising Jamie for her Cal Storm soccer team that just ripped the roof. There was no roof, but ripped the roof off of Davis Legacy Fields. Oh my goodness gracious. I don't think I've seen. And I left when there when it was five goals to nil. And <laughs> They still scored three more after I after I went away. So, you know, let's hope on Wednesday that Cal Storm can uh, put a nail in the coffin. But I know how much you love Stockton Cargo, Luis. So whatever. We'll see what happens. So, Luis, uh, what are your glosses of gratitude? Then we'll pop over to Jared. Well, I'm glad that Stockton Cargo, you know, they've won already. So I think it'll be a more even matchup. So luckily they didn't get him in the second week. But still going to be a, a tough opponent after what, what we saw yesterday. Well, first one goes out to Tina because she actually uh, transferred me her parking that she was going to be using at the game. But unfortunately, she wasn't able to go. So thank you so much, Tina. Greatly appreciate that. I mean, that really helps out, especially coming out of town. That basically paid for uh, my lunch and and a little more. So uh, but that was really awesome. Also went out to Jorge for being on the podcast last time. And also because thanks to his prediction, I got two points and it was a much needed two points, especially getting, you know, one more point than Jared and Sharon. So <laughs> it helps me out just a, a little bit more. So that way I, I am not stuck uh, below the scoreboard because I was starting to worry there for, for a little bit there. So thank you, Jorge, again. Also, thank you to whatever anonymous fan ended up selling tickets for $9 and I got lucky and I managed to scoop them up and actually pay literally probably the cost of a beer and a quarter, maybe if you're we're, you're being precise on on cost and all the two. But uh, yeah, it was really awesome. I think it's probably the cheapest tickets I've ever gotten at a Sac Republic match. So great stuff and uh, really really awesome. And if anyone is looking for cheaper tickets, I mean that's always an alternative. Is go check out the tickets, check out what's for resale and you know what, you're helping a fan. And, you know, a lot of us have been in that situation where you have tickets, you don't know who to give them to, and they just end up going unused. So, you know, it's nice to also support uh, other fans and make sure that they get something at least, you know, for their tickets. And then one more goes out to you, Sharon, for actually having that live yesterday, which unfortunately I wasn't able to tune in at the time, but I saw it after and I thought it was really great. My phone was like, gave me notifications from people who were liking the post, commenting on it. So awesome stuff. It's really great that we're giving USLW some coverage and people are uh, greatly appreciating that. So that's what we're all about. We're going to continue to do that and uh, showcase, you know, USLW and League One, if I'm able to make it out to Fuego and League Two with Academica too. Yes, and you're welcome. It was actually kind of fun being out there. Jared, what about you? Glosses of gratitude, buddy. Okay, I'm going to try to mow through these because it's uh, a little time intensive. So, but for the past couple of weeks, first of all, uh, glosses of gratitude to Scott for uh, for 
waiting uh, waiting uh, to go into sick new world in las vegas with me and we enjoyed a few acts always awesome to, to, to have him there especially since he's also now a mosh pit veteran when, when it comes to papa roach as am i so that was that was a definitely an awesome experience uh, also glosses of gratitude to my friend brie who helped set up uh, pretty much uh the the fun the fun half of the uh, Vegas uh, uh, weekend, uh, glass, uh, further glasses of gratitude uh, go up to Tina for letting me know the score uh, Saturday night I believe it was because I was still at uh, Cruel World, uh, glasses of gratitude uh, to Sharon who who surprised uh, the the f out of, out of me with uh, with helping out with yesterday definitely most appreciative and well worth. Uh, the, the end results, which uh, leads to another glass of gratitude uh, to, to a random member in one of the Cruel World Facebook groups who freely transferred his VIP ticket uh, to me, which I still have the bracelet on. <laughs> oh, my God, Jared, you were just had home runs going left and right last night. That's so cool. Yeah. And. and even further, glasses of gratitude, and I'm, I'm getting close to finishing it up. Big glasses of gratitude to Gary Newman, to Iggy Pop, and Susie of Susie and the Banshees for redoing their, their acts last night when they could have simply said, oh, well, that's how it ends. But they, they actually took the time and redid their, their sets, which should have happened Saturday because uh, Saturday, just before Susie was was going on, there turned out to be a severe weather alert for the region of Pasadena. So that was before she took to the stage. So that's that explains why they did a reboot of that. But I know I probably got a few more glasses of gratitude, but I'll just I'll just project them out to the universe. <laughs> but hey, we've got sprinkle them, sprinkle them in as we go. If they come to your mind, sprinkle them in. I just think it's great that you had. A great time away. We missed you on the pod, you know. Well, I'm I'm definitely glad to be back, and and also for and also in future travels, not this coming Saturday, but the following Saturday, y'all can catch me in Tampa Bay as we take on the Rowdies. Dude, we got to get you hooked up to do a live, a, a live show ahead of or whatever. If you can, you know, if you have the bandwidth and and whatever. You know, like you did that one time. Just not the whole thing. Just bits and pieces if you want to. It's fun. Yeah, I'll, I'll see what energy I've got left because this is basically going to be uh, a check-in for the day, check-out the, the next morning kind of deal. Got it. So doing a live shot while you're at the Tampa Bay Rowdies might not be in the works, but I understand. We'll see. We'll see. If I can get enough energy and maybe a pub sub in my system. <laughs> a pub sub oh Luis and i are drooling at the oh. as, as we speak i may be going down to florida maybe later in the year so hopefully i can and you know that i'm going down to Publix. like that's oh yeah one. that might be the first thing i eat for lunch uh yeah. i wish they had him in arizona by the way jared since i'll be there uh in you know less than a month so <laughs> it's yeah. totally how they chop up the vegetables and make it all juicy it's totally about that yeah I agree. That's the like secret sauce to it. It's just how they do that. No one else does it that way. And if anyone else knows of a place that actually does that, send us a message on social media. We want to know about that place. <laughs> uh, before I guess we before we dive into even further food stories, let's let's get these matches looked into. <laughs> oh my god! I know because I'm like drooling. 
Um, so we'll very quickly talk, not talk about Orange County since that was the first match that um, happened while, you know, every, while we were away on podcast, not do, not doing anything on the podcast. We, we, we went down to Orange County. We left Orange County without a point, without anything. So Orange County got three points. We did not. And let's not talk about that. We're just going <laughs> to breeze forward. But he, I think he had a little bit of a rotated squad in against Orange County, which tells me that they were actually gunning for Bayer to have a better squad on at home. Not better, but the, you know, the main squad will be playing at home. So mm-hmm. you get what you get, kids. And that's understandable, right? Coach knew that the game against Oakland was going to be really intense, as they always are, right? I mean, they're always like uh, really uh, crazy games. And so he had to do a mixture of different players and all that. And uh, I mean, I've been saying it already for a while, right? It's only going to last so long. Eventually, we're going to lose. And what ends up happening often, and, you know, we've seen it with other teams, you end up losing against the team that you least expect, right? <laughs> you end up being the top teams and you end up losing against a team that was basically, you know, the almost last place, right? So, hey, but they have my favorite guy on their team. <laughs> Shall we say it together? Brent Richards. Richards, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's one of my favorites. And as Jared said earlier, off cam, off camera, that's funny, off mic. Um, Orange County has always been a thorn in our side. It's almost like we have a thing going in to play against Orange County. And Jared, how many times have we been stumped by them? Or uh, yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, I think pro- probably more than two hands. I think. Yep. Yeah. Even even the time I I tried to get to Irvine for for this matchup a few years ago. Even that was proving problematic on the on the way there. Oh, that's right. Oh, the 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 game, right? The famous the famous game. Planes, you... <laughs> planes trains, and automobiles. Mm-hmm. The first one. Yep, very first one. Well, that, they needed me to go there because the only time I've been there is when we won one nil back when Kamiwasa scored the goal. So I, I should have probably gone, but it was a Wednesday. <laughs> so they need to play on a Saturday, and maybe your luck well, would have been different. And that game ticked me off like crazy because we got a a red card issued to one of my favorite players, Arnold. And, you know, that kind of put us in a little bit of a bind because let's face it, he's been critical between him and Seba this year. They're pretty critical players on the field, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, so to have not have Arnold, but then have on Saturday night, Nick Ross stepped up his game. He stepped up his performance. He was... Mm -hmm solid you know they're two different players and they have two different styles oh yeah yeah for sure yeah the different gameplay there and i i still think that the red card was a little too much i don't think it was really necessary in my opinion i mean it was like a straight up like straight red card but i mean usl reps right and it was towards the end so it didn't really didn't really make much of a difference uh at that point well let's move on now from that match that you know we said in the past and look at Saturday's match against Oakland and I got to say Sharon there was actually some traffic getting inside the stadium and I ran into some issue with uh, my parking not loading on the app and I have my own thing with the Sacred Public app that if anyone is listening from the team there's some technical issues that have been going on that need to be fixed with uh, the tickets not loading and 
yeah, we have you know accept multiple times. Like it's just a weird glitch there. But uh, I ended up missing uh, the first goal, and uh, but I was actually walking to my seat and I heard people shout and all that, and it, it's amazing. I got to say, uh, when the scene a goal's being scored before you get to your seat, right before you even um, get to the bleachers and all that, is something else. You really can hear the level of energy that people bring to the stadium when a goal happens, right? So uh, if anyone hasn't experienced that, I mean, it sucks you don't see it, but it's kind of no, nice to be out. But it, it was nuts. It was nuts. And the only reason why it was so loud, it was because it was Kecko. And we have mm -hmm. wanted, we, everybody wants Kecko to score because we see his passion. We see his emotion when he plays and he doesn't, when things don't go exactly as he has planned, because he's mm -hmm. probably one of the most thoughtful players on mm -hmm. the pitch. You know, everything he does is calculated and, he wears his uh he wears his emotions on his on his play the way he plays is emotional and when things don't go his way we know it so to have him actually get the first goal was magic just magic and the pass right the assist from jack right he stops the ball yep. and then he puts like just the perfectly timed pass and like you said gecko smart he knows you know where to be at and Keiko pulls a shot that I regret not being able to see the goal. I mean, I saw it in a replay afterwards, and I was like, man, this was an amazing shot, right? To put it where he put it at. That's not an easy thing to do, right? How many players have tried to do that and not? He was left-footed. Left left he was left-footed from the right side. He had cut the, cut the ball um, away from his attacker and, you know, with, with his left foot, just shot far post, and it was beautiful. He got past the keeper. I mean, it was just, it was clinical. It was it was so like a gift from Malaga or somewhere, you know, from where he comes from. So we appreciated it. And the, it was the loudest cheer. I'll tell you what. Great stuff. I got to say, Ke Keiko's got, got a little bit, bit of uh, my abilities in there, especially the past couple of weekends. When it comes to moving forward and, and calculating, Keiko knows his stuff. He gets right in there, just like me trying to move forward in the festival seating. I mean, this is just um, this is just amazing to, to see him take that calculated shot and have it pay off. I mean, that that was just amazing to watch. I mean, I wish I was able to uh, see it live in action, but uh, still, even watching these highlights just shows you know how precise and accurate Keiko can be once he figures the uh, the numbers and the logistics in, in, in his mind. So thing of beauty on that goal yeah i think he was uh assisted by artificial intelligence you know either that or he, he's the creator of um you know soccer artificial intelligence so then we move <laughs> into the second half Luis, take it from here oh yeah and i mean who needed to score a goal because the guys kind of gotten us used to scoring goals often russell right and if he's going to score a goal it's not just going to be any goal it's going to be a golazo and that's exactly what happened Perfectly right, happening at the best time possible, right? Beginning of second half, you get your 2-0 score that, in my opinion, after I saw this goal getting scored, I had no doubt that we were going to get three points against Oakland. And I want to say we would probably have to go back and look at all the matches, but I'm almost pretty sure that it is the first time that we're ever up by two goals against Oakland, right? Since usually most games, we've we either been losing, we tie, or we've been winning by one goal. Right. Mm -hmm. So this was uh, something else. And 
Talking about the goal itself, though, I mean, Russell puts a shot where no goalkeeper could ever stop it. Right? I mean, what a shot! What a shot! You know, we th- this is the kind of shot that we always want to see when you're in that position. What do you guys think? Well, one of the things that I want to point out is how all of the players drew a defender away from Russell because they wanted to create confusion in the box as to who if Russell was going to pass or shoot. And if you if you look at um, Seba. He draws two guys to him, which leaves Russell just with one guy on him. And then, you know, there was other marking occurring off to the side, but it was like somebody picked up Luis Felipe. But at the end of the day, I mean, look at what Seba does. He takes two guys, which leaves the channel wide open. So talk about brilliance from Colombia. We have, Mm -hmm. you know, this incredible thing going on and then that's how you get the guy open. That's how you get your shooter open. Is that just phenomenal? Can't, can't, you know, can't appreciate it enough, but I will say on the way (laughs) I asked uh, Russell on the way out for training or on the way back in from their uh, warm up session, I asked him, okay, you have a brace, you have a hat trick. What's after that? And he goes four. (laughs) (laughs) He can count, you know, he can count. Just looking at this goal, I mean, I, I, I'm going to let, let the listeners in on some of the industry uh, items that we're using here. Uh, we're looking at the uh, highlight video, and Luis has it down to one quarter speed, which is going to be four times slower than normal. This Russell Cicerone kick still looks like nothing but a white blur going into the net. You don't see the round, the round shape of the ball. You don't see anything like that to to show that it's happening slowly. This thing looks like a white lightning bolt still going into the net. And this is its slowest setting that we can get it on. That tells you how much power and speed Russell has, especially this season. If you, know, if you haven't been watching the season at all, I mean, he is our goal leader for the season. And these galouses are reasons why that is. Truth. Yeah, it, it was a way, crazy I, show. Yeah, I can't wait to get to the podcast dinner winner winner <laughs> dinner whatever and i can't wait to get to that part of it but we have another uh, goal or two to talk about and some yellow cards and you know silly well, little things i don't think jared wants to get to that too jared's probably like no don't don't just don't talk about it let's just let, let's stay how it was before hey he before picked up game. a point in orange county jared jared got a point in orange oh hell i'm already in enough pain might as well rip the band-aid off of that too <laughs> Well, he got the point in Oakland, though, not in Orange. Yeah, that's. He, oh, yeah, I thought that, he got a point in Orange. Okay. No, oh, yeah, I got a was, point in Orange. Yeah, <laughs> that was the downside for him too. One more thing I wanted to point out here, Sharon. Another guy that we didn't talk about is Aldair, because Aldair was open right for a good pass, and I think he also drew a man right. If you look at one of the defenders, he kind of glances around, he kind of sees him there, and he's yeah. not sure whether to go towards Russell or go towards Aldair. Because, I mean, one would have thought, I would have thought, I mean, watching it from a distance or by, you know, section NE, that it would have been a pass to Aldair because Aldair was getting in a good position right there, right? I don't think anyone yeah. thought Russell's just going to drive it. He's going to end up pulling the shot when you got some defenders there. So credit to Aldair for being right there and being in a position to where he could have also gotten a pass and maybe also shot at goal. So we were six before. We had six attackers on that play versus their four on defense. So there was no way 
we could have lost that thing. Even a knockdown rebound, we had Keko trailing. Perfect. Do you see his trailing run? We had Aldeir coming on the left side. We had Seba moving off to the left. We had uh, Jack and Luis Felipe off to the right. So no matter what happened on that shot, on that motion, we would have been able to pick up anything. We didn't have to, but our guys could have picked up any slop, you know, that kind of stuff. So it's beautiful. We also had a bazillion corner kicks. (laughs) <laughs> um in that match not a bazillion I'm, I'm exaggerating but we seem to have picked up like gobs of corner kicks because i remember hearing the backup beeper brought to you by atlas disposal so it's a backup <laughs> beeper um of a big commercial truck it's like oh okay a garbage <laughs> truck essentially and i don't know how many times i heard that you know that noise that was pretty cool it's a good noise i gotta say shout out to whoever thought i don't know if it was connor who like came up with that but Awesome noise, especially for anyone who's maybe out grabbing a bite or something to hear it and be like, oh, there's a corner kick, right? So yeah. it's yeah. it's good. It's good. Creative. Well, let's go ahead and move on to the 3-0 goal. And in addition to Russell and Keiko, who other person would we guess would score a goal? Sebastian Herrera, right, who's also been on fire. I mean, the guy's been scoring goals left and right in the past few weeks. And a goal that I think, you know, he shows us that He's got some speed. I don't know if you recall, Sharon, when I think we first saw him at home in that last preseason friendly, we were like, all right, he's not as like speedy, right? But I don't know. I mean, in this goal, he showed us that he's got quite some speed to actually drive it and, you know, beat the goalkeeper on a one-on-one opportunity. The goalkeeper was crap on this, but anyhow, (laughs) um, Seba, so Seba timed his run perfectly. If you look, he held just long enough until the ball was placed forward for him. And the, you know, the Oakland guys were all like raising their hands, waving their hands, you know, like surrender, surrender. And it was like, no, you play the whistle. But when the ball was actually played, he was onside. And it was the optical illusion that he was not, but he, he, he actually, he was totally onside. And he had a step on these guys because he knew how to cheat, not cheat, but, you know, (laughs) he was watching Mm -hmm. the, the defenders and he knew exactly how he can step. So it was, it was perfect. He took off on a dead run. Goalkeeper was crap. You know, the goalkeeper didn't even dive, you know, didn't, didn't really make a play. I, you know, it was, you could tell he was kind of feeble. Yeah. He actually went the wrong way, but that was Seba selling, selling it one way and then shooting it the other way. So precious third goal, which was, celebrated for a little while if you think about it because other things happened right after that yeah and it happened literally well three minutes after the other goal right i mean when we saw this goal scored sharon i thought we're probably gonna have a massacre night like cal storm did yesterday oh my god (laughs) i was like three no oh it's gonna keep going up oh watch (laughs) you guys we could have had the whole on massacre we really could have (laughs) um but then, you know, and even in the 65th minute, we were looking at, okay, is he going to start subbing? Because he didn't sub. Coach mm-hmm. didn't start subbing when you would have predicted it. And I, and all I could say was, well, they don't have a Wednesday game. So why mm-hmm. would they even sub this team out? Because this team has to learn to play 90 minutes together just in case, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody needs to have 90 minutes match fitness. So I think he let the guys play a little longer than, you know. You think about it, he took a while for the subs to come in. Yeah. Anyhow, when you saw this goal, Jared, what did it do to your feelers? 
Uh, man, it took me back to the days of watching uh, hockey in the late 80s, early 90s with, with that breakaway that they had. He knew he was on onside, just had to blaze his past Oakland as quickly as possible. And then here we go with, uh, with the amazing breakaway. Got it right past the goalie into the net. Almost as good as uh, as Luther's breakaway goal earlier this year, but still, in, in that respect, this is still a great goal. So, I mean, all breakaway goals are are going to be good ones. And it's really great, right? Because we're taking advantage of the one on one opportunities, right? Because I I know in years past we've had one on one opportunities that haven't been taken advantage of, but this year it seems like if we have a one on one with that goalkeeper it's most likely going to be a goal, right? Unless it gets the post, but so, you know, credit to the team, credit to all those uh, practice shots and all those one-on-one opportunities that they practice as well. So let's talk about what happened uh, probably like six minutes after uh, the goal, the third goal had been scored in a play that was a bit weird. I thought, you know, we had pretty good coverage out back, right? It all happened uh, after a corner kick and when one of those, you know, Crosses that happens afterwards in a play that we let a guy just be alone, right? Have that basically one-on-one opportunity there uh, with uh, Danny. And I don't know, it, it's tough, right? I know Jorge last week, we were talking about whose responsibility it is for what goal and all that. But I, I don't know, when you have a player right in front of you, I mean, we've seen Danny, right, make those like amazing saves, but... I think there's one of those goals where Russell was the one who was supposed to be marking the guy, right? Since he's the one there too, but Danny did all he could, right? I mean, when you have a player in front of you, it's it's tough to block it. What would you guys think? My initial thought when I saw it was we were outnumbered in the box. Uh, our our concentration took off for just a second. Um, guys stepped up when um, their player took the the kick across. And then if you look, there's one, two, three, four, five white shirts and two black. So we were a little bit outnumbered in the box. So that makes it really hard on a defender to actually pick, you know, do I go after the um, the guy with the ball? Do I go after the guy making the run? You know, what do I do? And, you know, Russell, as good as he is, you said that that was his mark. Well, it also could have been um, Shane. It could have been Connor. It could have been anybody coming across. It could have been Lee. Lee wasn't in at this point, but it could have been anybody making a slide across, but that didn't happen. And so this was total breakdown in communication of marking and they'll tighten it up. You know, they always, they always do, you know, they learn, they learn their lessons. That's also on, um, if you think about it, that's uh, Aldair's side. No, no, no. It's not his side. It's um, that's Jack's side. No. That's Jack's side. Yeah. So this is this was just tough. You know, this was a tough lesson. And getting back to Aldeir, he actually has been pretty phenomenal mm. in playing. And if you notice, you know, Dami didn't come in until late. Aldeir mm. got a huge round of applause when mm. he came off the field. I think people are really learning to really like him. Yeah. I mean, and I've said it multiple times. I mean, it's really uh, inspirational when you see a guy come from open tryouts and you know now gain himself like a place in the starting 11 and play as if like the guy has been playing in usl for years right i mean i I tell people it's crazy that like you know beginning a year january he was without a team still right he was back home 
you know, yeah. hearing about this open tryouts thing and being like, hey, let me go uh, see if I make it. And just like, you know, a bunch of others went out there for the open tryouts and look where he's at now, right? That's why if anyone out there is a player or if you know someone who is a player, encourage them to go to open tryouts because look at where you can be at <laughs> literally a few months after you could be playing in a USL championship match starting as well. So it's just amazing. Well, th- but- that was the three one is how it ended, thankfully, right? <laughs> But um, after that, I think that, you know, the game went back and forth, right? I mean, at no point did I think that they would even, you know, tie the match. At least that's how I felt. I don't know how you felt, Sharon. But I felt like it's one of those goals that just comes by after you're already winning 3-0. The team kind of falls back, right? You're a little more relaxed. There's not that pressure of having to go score the goal. And, you know, we've seen this happen before. So, uh, but again, nevertheless, you do have to look at any mistakes that are made and, you know, make sure that they're fixed for the future as we always say yeah all right well now it's time to actually take a look at podcast winner dinner i know sharon was asking for it earlier so <laughs> let's go ahead and take a look at that um and we had two games right last week's game against orange county and in that match sharon and i got one point thanks to orange county pulling the first yellow card and so each one of us one point jared didn't get one so he's there and then in last saturday's match and for all those of you out there, <laughs> this was an off-camera, off-mic kind of moment that happened in which we had to utilize VAR for the first time for this competition to figure out which team had gotten the first yellow card because it was between Paul Blanchett, Oakland Roots goalkeeper, and Russell Cicerone in getting the first yellow since they both pulled it in the 42nd minute. But Sharon went back, turns out, Paul had gone at first, but the referee was actually going to give it to Russell already. But Paul just happened to pick it up while the referee was on his way to <laughs> deliver the card. So we all agreed that everyone would be getting one point for the yellow card in this instance. And it'll become a new thing now where if two of the teams pull the same card in, the, in that same minute, it'll actually be a point for everyone since it technically happened in the same minute. So that's how that went down. And so Sharon and Jared got one point. I ended up getting two points thanks to Jorge guessing that Keiko would be scoring the first goal. So again, thank you, Jorge. That was a great pick. I'm really happy to see that because uh, it's helped me actually get out of, technically get out of last place now into second place tie because Sharon is leading the way with 10 points and now Jared and I have eight points sharing that second spot. So technically we don't really have a last place for this week. Right. We'll see what happens <laughs> next week. So things are still pretty even. And uh looks like we all got a shot at first place again. Woohoo! So we might be doing more of the proxy uh, in the future later on the season. But for now, we are going to go back to our own uh, personal <laughs> predictions. And so first one is going to be for the following game in which we'll be playing against Hartford Athletic. First time that we actually travel down to Hartford to play against them. That is going to be on Friday. Friday, May 26th, this Friday. So we're back to a Friday game. I think last time we had a Friday game was May when we played against uh, Charleston Battery last year, if uh, I'm not mistaken. I, I believe that that game was on a Friday. Uh, but it'll be at 4.30 p.m. our time. So tune in. Uh, it should be a, a good one. So what do you guys predict for this match? And before you guys answer, we'll look at standings. Uh, I know you guys might be uh, asking yourselves, uh, where Hartford's at is the Hartford? bottom of the basement on the eastern in the eastern conference. So there must be something in the water in Connecticut that caused them to like <laughs> totally like 
suck. Yeah. So. Although let's remember Orange County was also there too. And then we, we know what <laughs> happened, true. right? So we can't well, really. And looking, and looking well, that's Orange the- County. That's <laughs> Orange County. They always do that to us. <laughs> it's a thing. It's a thing. No, but if you look at who Hartford has tied and beaten and lost to, they're all over the map. I mean, they're they're all over the map. There's no predictability with their squad. It's just probably of how much did they drink during the week? You know, did the boys go out partying or not? You know, it's just like, I hate to say that, but they're very unpredictable if you think about it. Yeah, that's true. They, they actually went out down to Oakland and beat them 2-1 earlier in the season, right? So, I mean, they made a cross-country <laughs> trip and left with three points, right? So Yeah, and they got two goals against Birmingham Legion. I mean, mm. I mean, they're... They're not a bad squad, except if you look at the total standings, you know, where they are on the table, they look horrible. But at the end of the day, when you look at their matchups, they don't look that bad. I mean, it's like nobody's really blown them out of the water. Yeah. So with that being said, who would like to go first or am I going to go first? So that way we can get it out of the way. I I know what mine, my prediction is, and I hope I'm wrong. Oh, whoa. It's going to be a first one for you this season. It's a tie. Okay. I put them down as a 1-1 tie because that trip across to Connecticut is not easy. It's not easy. Even though when they came out to the West Coast, they beat Oakland 2-1. I don't think I'm predicting the, the same luck on our end because lately our travel hasn't been as, you know, sharp. I mean, just going to Orange County and lose. I don't know. I mean, coach will probably start as starters. Maybe that's maybe I should just go with two one. Never mind. Let me re- rearrange that. I think we're gonna win. It's two one, but they are gonna get a goal against us. And if they tie one one, damn it, that was my first choice. But <laughs> and it's scoring out. our first goal is Russell. And if Russell is injured or can't see the pitch, then it's Kecko. And I am gonna say that we will pull the first yellow. And since Arnold Lopez is back in, uh, <laughs> back in, I bet it's. Not that we name the player, but I bet it's him. <laughs> that would be funny. He kept coming from a red card. And... <laughs> yeah. Welcome back. <laughs> Welcome back. Have a yellow. Well, I'm going to go next since uh, I've gone last before. I'll let Jared be the, the one who gets to see our scores first. But um, I am actually going to go with a 2-0 win for SRFC. I think uh, Danny Ooh. is going to be getting another clean sheet. He's nice. overdue a clean sheet. You know, he's got to go back to that. First goal, I'm going to actually go for it, Seba. Again, the Ooh. first one, I'm back at it. Hopefully, he doesn't let me down. <laughs> um, and if he doesn't see the pitch, then I'll go with Russell. First yellow card, I'm going to go with Hartford getting the first one. And you know how I feel about USL reps, but uh, I'm going to say Hartford gets it. We'll see what happens. Okay. Jared. All right. Well, now I'm going to have to change some of mine a little bit here. Um, I'm still going to say 2-0 uh, Republic uh, for goal. And I know it happens directly the opposite of what I pick it. So I am going to go with, oh, oh hell. I'm going to go with a Kecko for my first uh, goal choice. If that does not happen, then I'm going to go with Seba for, for the second. And then once again, knowing these refs, Sacramento is going to get the first yellow. Although against Orange County, Orange County did pull the first yellow, right? So that's true. <laughs> Sometimes the home team does get the first first yellow. 
Yeah. Well, once in a while, the refs actually do their jobs. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, that's that's how that goes. You know, we're a little different. Me and Jared have the same score, but everything else is a little, little there too. So we'll see what happens there. Again, game happening on Friday at 4.30 p.m. So tune in. Luis Urbano could leap into a tie for first if he gets two of his correct. If he gets three of his correct, he leaps into first. Yeah. Just a little yeah. wrong. And me, me, me and you have different uh, predictions to all, all across the board. So, all across the board. Yeah. yeah. Someone's getting points. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be points. interesting. Um, well, going back to the standings, because, you know, we love to see the standings. You know, we've loved to see the standings, I think, since the uh, season started, right? Because we are still at the top of the mountain. First place overall, not just in the West. And I'm never going to get tired of saying that. So please, team, keep it going <laughs> to the end of the season because I'll keep repeating that over and over again. But we are first 24 points. Following us is El Paso, which I don't know. You guys uh, mentioned it. I think one of you mentioned it somewhere. I don't know if it was you, Jared, or uh, Sharon. But uh, one of you mentioned it, like I think, in one of the groups that it's quite a shocker, right? How did El Paso get right there? And we're, we're even in matches play, too. Well, I think the the conversation was uh, two two parts. How did they, you know, they're they're on a they're on a streak. It was um, why they are the power power rankings. How do they advance the top of the power rankings? And that's obvious. It's because they're on a terror, and look who they played to get to where they are. So that's why they're top of the table for power rankings. There's not. They've had what is it six wins in a row and that's pretty mm. incredible so you gotta you gotta kind of hand it to them for coming up from we thought that they weren't gonna be any good and then all of a sudden boom they're showing us it's kind of like kicking sand in everybody's you know the haters faces and they've done these uh apparently they've done these last minute wins you know it's like mm. it wasn't clear that they were gonna win and they pull it out a rabbit out of their hat so the power i think it was about the power rankings and that yeah. Sacramento uh, slumped. Well, we played Oakland. And when we played Orange County, which we should have won, we didn't. And then we play Oakland and they're a so-so team as well. You know, and granted, we we beat them. But I think it was the Orange County game that made us, made our power rankings slump a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that should have probably been that. But yeah, in fact, actually, El Paso, last match they lost was against uh, Union Omaha in the Open Cup, right? It's like after that happened... They realized, like, all right, you got to get your act together because otherwise you're going to be out another year. Uh, right. So, uh, yeah, I mean, quite quite the pickup, you know, quite the change, right, and standings and all that. And that's why we say that, you know, never say never. There's teams that are probably, like, towards the very bottom that could easily pick up, and then all of a sudden they're right there <laughs> close to us yeah. there. But below right. them, San Diego, 20 points, third place. San Antonio, fourth place. Uh, we... we Need to see him kind of dive down. I know they've they've lost right before already, so uh, they have more losses now than we do, right? Two losses, so uh, there is that there. Colorado Republic is in a slump, I think. I mean, they're still stuck there, fifth place, sixteen points. Phoenix Rising is starting to pick up again, sixteen points, one match in hand, and then Oakland there, fourteen points, and then New Mexico still issues with Isotopes Park. I'm sure Jared right. I mean, they're they're still not playing, maybe there or there's some issue going on because they only have a Nine matches played. Yeah, uh, I still haven't found anything, but uh, 
you know what? If I do find anything, you know, I'll definitely report back because that's, I mean, even Vegas is starting to play home matches now. So I don't know what's going on with, with, uh, you know, the other situations as far as stadiums go. We'll, we'll find something. Well, speaking of Vegas, Vegas is being Vegas this year. They're honoring the, the lights the tradition, right? Last play, zero games won, six points. That's rough. Yeah. Yeah, and then watch me end up betting on Republic again, and we get our butts handed to us. <laughs> Just yeah. like last year. So this table of, you know, this the standings has Rob McAllister. Um, I think he predicted Colorado not being as strong this year, but I don't think he picked San Diego to be as strong as they are. And I'm not certain what he said about El Paso, but I thought he said good things about San Antonio and he actually said good things about Phoenix. It's always fun to listen to Rob McAllister, right? And make his predictions because he and Connor sound the music for Connor. Um, he, you know, they have the show always at the beginning of the season where they talk about where they think everybody's going to be at the end. So if you haven't listened to that one, go back and listen to it. It's a it's a good one having them kind of muddle through who they think is a strong who they think is strong in the Western Conference. Now we've got to say the Western Conference this year is much more competitive than the Eastern Conference. If you look yeah. at points, a lot of points have been stolen from the East, right? Quote unquote, since they only play once. And Woo-hoo. it's gonna be interesting. I feel like this year USL final is gonna be in the West Coast. We're gonna see a West final, which is gonna be interesting uh where it'll be at, but that, that's my prediction, at least. Uh, that's where uh, that'll be happening. So uh, we shall see. But uh, yeah, that's the next uh, game that we play in USL. And then after that game happens, we are actually going to be traveling once again because we're going to have three road matches. Don't ask me who thought of that. I don't know what happened, but USL, I'm sure they have the reasoning behind the schedules. But uh, we'll be traveling down to Tampa, where Jared will be at, as we mentioned earlier, on Saturday, June 3rd. 4.30 p.m. as well, so 2, 4.30 p.m. start times, and then we come back, another Friday game, so get used to your Fridays <laughs> being busy here in the next uh, few weeks, where we travel down to San Diego to play against the Loyo on the 9th at 7 p.m. start time, and then we're back home until the 17th against uh, Monterey Bay, So and, and an 8 p.m. start time in the following home match, so we're back to 8 p.m. start times, so Great stuff, especially for those of us who are coming out of town. It helps you do more things <laughs> during the day. And just remember, everybody, and we'll talk about it after every um, one of these matches. The June 17th is also the Brew Fest is being hosted at Heart Health Park. So we're going to have a lot of competition for parking on June 17th. And I would just tell anybody that experienced that stupid thing that happened with the sack foodie thing, whatever it was called, foodie land. Plan to go early and realize that you're probably when they're they're not going to save our spots. You know, just start wrapping your head around how it's going to be on June 17th with the yeah. fest. We've covered Psych Republic, right? Let's give USLW the time, right? Because we saw some exciting matches this past weekend, and the first one, and I was going to go to it, unfortunately, at the end I wasn't able to go to it. Was the Stockton Cargo against Academica? 209 Classico, right? The first time that they face off and probably the first time that there's a 209 Classic game, but just a new uh, start of a new rivalry 
in a game that Cargo ended up winning, right? The home team took the win 5-2. And Academica women's team hasn't been doing good. I mean, we've kind of briefly just mentioned it in a few weeks ago and some of their score lines. And it's it's been a bit of a rough start for them. But for the Cargo, on the other hand, they've been doing good. There's their second win, right? Last uh, week, they had gotten a win against Marion County. And so looking good, especially now they're going to be playing against uh, Cal Storm. <laughs> uh, it's good for them to come off two uh, games one, and especially again in this match that was uh, quite an intense match being in a uh, local rival of sorts too. That's what happened there. And then Sharon, as we mentioned, went to yesterday's Massacre 8-0 <laughs> win by Cal Storm. And what a way to make a splash in USLW, right? And I got to say, I'm looking forward to the Cal Storm against San Francisco Glens match because the Glens have also been on fire. So uh, that's going to be a good one. It's going to be a good matchup too. But Sharon, uh, just tell us more about what you saw. You said you were there until the 5-0, but how was the atmosphere like? And just, just describe to us the goals. It was a freaking party. I'll tell you. It just, it it felt so good. I, I This is my first Cal Storm match, right? You know, they've been playing for a while. This was my first one. And they had everything dialed in from, you know, how, how to get to your parking, all the signage, you know, and granted, you know, it's a smaller venue and it's uh, not as widely attended, but they had a ton of fans. Yeah. Granted, there was a state cup that happened there earlier, but they had all kinds of entertainment off to the side for the kids. They threw <laughs> besides the players themselves being incredible. And our favorite Abby was in goal, Abby Fangold. She was phenomenal. Oh my gosh. She had to make a couple saves and she just made it just, she was fabulous. But I would say if you want a fun time, that is the match to go to. They don't throw out little tiny balls. They throw candy every time they score. So for eight goals, they had to run up and down the sidelines, chucking candy into the stands. And you know what that does for everybody. It gets everybody riled up and they run up and down the sidelines with their flags on a pole kind of the way that we do on the far side, on the east side, where we run up and down when they, and so they, I felt bad for all the kids. They had to do it eight times to run up and down and chuck the candy into the stands. They had diabetes. Is what you say, hon? Diabetes. Diabetes, yeah. I got Skittles, and uh, I think they're still in my car, the emergency Skittles. I was able to snag that. Saw Brent Sasaki there, saw Ivan Merkovic there. It was great. It was, it was a, it was a, it was sweet. I would say I, I, I'm looking forward to going on Wednesday. I hope it works out for my schedule to be able to go. But if, if you want to go see the matchup with Stockton and, and the storm go on Wednesday, their game time is at seven. It's really easy to get in there. I'd go, man. They had food trucks they had beer from Sudwork work there. So you don't go without when you go there, you know, there's something for everybody. Yeah, no, that's it's really awesome. I'm glad that they have a you know good game day atmosphere and uh, all that is good too with the signage and all that because if it's your first time going, it's really important to have that around the stadium too. But yeah, I mean, I'm really excited to see that matchup against Stockton Cargo and how that will go down. And also, of course, when they travel down to Stockton, right, that July 1st match that we talk over and over again, right, the double match day and all that. So. Uh, Good stuff. It's looking really great. And uh, I'm just hoping, again, Academica is able to pick up. It's been a rough start, but uh, Stockton and Cal Storm have been uh, doing pretty good 
pretty good, you know. But we do have San Francisco Glens and Oakland Soul that are uh, above. Of course, there's more matches played. Some teams, you know, don't have as many matches played, so uh, it, it's kind of uneven there at the time being. But it's looking like it might be a, a NorCal against the Bay Area team kind of matchup this season. So uh, looking forward to those matches, and especially when uh, Cal Storm takes on Oakland Soul, right? See if they continue Psych Republic's uh, good streak against the, the Roots, right? Continue that. <laughs> and again, uh, Sharon, if you do happen to go to the game, of course, you know, we wouldn't even announce it right now too, but just be on the lookout on Instagram, right? Because you might do another Instagram live, right? If you potentially go. Instagram or Facebook. Facebook doesn't allow you to do landscape. Uh, Instagram does. So it just depends on what I feel like doing and how this, <laughs> how good the strong signal is. So. Hey, Jared, let me ask you this. Do you guys need any jerseys or any T-shirts from CalStorm or any scarves? Or do you guys set? I ha- I've got uh, a couple T-shirts from, from, from the uh, Storm. I was still looking on get, getting a jersey. Uh, to be honest, I'm looking to get a jersey for, from all three of the uh, Central Valley teams. It's just okay. a matter of what's going to fit. <laughs> well, I, I did take a look to see what sizing they had. And so if anybody else has any clues as to the sizing of any of their jerseys, let me know. And Luis, are you going to pick up a jersey as well, or did you already do that for Calstorm? Um, I, well, I did that like two years ago when they had oh, their okay. jersey. That's the one. Uh, I am missing a scarf, though. Um, so I, I do need to uh, get me a scarf so that way they're all represented here because I have Academica and Stockton Cargo. So just missing okay. a Calstorm one, too. So. so for you guys listening in on this podcast... Get some of their gear. It's actually pretty sweet. They have mm. they have good stuff. They have great t-shirts and their scarves are awesome. And their stickers are free. So I have stickers for both you guys, if I remember where I put them. <laughs> great prices too on their jerseys. I mean, I remember when I got mine, I think it was like $45, $50. And I got it custom as well, right? It wasn't the $25 that we've seen <laughs> with Psych Republic and all those fees. With them, I think it was just like $5. For customization too and it was a puma jersey too and i believe they have puma again right this year too so uh, it, it was still reasonably priced i think it's like 60 something dollars so good prices still not bad and, yeah yeah it's actually pretty good so yeah if you're listening get to the the matchup on on wednesday is going to be pretty sweet it's going to be sweet so if you're in town, you feel like a match and their ticket prices are super cheap. If you don't have a season ticket, which is super cheap in itself, because um, it's two uh, leagues, $75 for both leagues, you might as well cough it up. They could use the cash. You can part with your cash. $75 gets you in. You just take the lanyard every single time. Parking is free. And just go. I mean, these women know how to ball, man. They're good. Their center back is sweet. You know, Abby, their captain, Liz, the number five, she's incredible. She set up a lot of the plays. Oh, it's really good soccer. So go. Yeah. And also for Cargo and Academica to their season tickets are uh, really affordable too. In fact, probably cheaper than like what you would pay for a Psych Republic ticket after fees <laughs> with Ticketmaster yeah. and all that. <laughs> so uh, good good stuff. Well, that fact, about J- does it. Jared is actually a season ticket member too for uh is it for all three jared or was it just for cargo and academica uh, cargo and academica uh but i did see that the storm did have a spot where if you're not able to uh support them with uh, season tickets but they do take donation as well so either way especially for us out of market fans you know there's still a way to help out the storm 
I mean, not just with uh, merch or uh, season tickets. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, no, it's, it's good. It's good that they have that as well. All right. Well, that about wraps it up for today. Again, welcome back, Jared. It's really awesome to have you back, especially there in Arizona. And so any last final parting words? Well, let it uh, let it be an omen for the rest of the Republic FC season. But as uh, Susie would say, oh, all your cities lie in dust. I know, ter- <laughs> terrible. Oh, it's as, okay, I got it. I understood what you were saying. <laughs> for, for, for those of you that made the tri- trip to Orlando, you'll see that I do better karaoke after a, a couple beers or so. So. All right. Oh, no, we missed that. <laughs> Oh, Sharon, we shouldn't have like gone out to get food. We should have just like joined Jared. That would have, that would have been nice to hear him. <laughs> I know. I we were searching for that pizza place, <laughs> or at least I was. I think that was the night you went to Denny's. Yeah, that was the night I ate Denny's on my own. Yeah, that was an <laughs> interesting night. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, all I can say is, you know, take care. The weather is going to be a little bit nicer here locally. I have no idea what weather they're going to be facing in, in Hartford, but uh, safe travels to anybody making the trip uh, and go Republic and go USLW, all of that. So yeah, weather should be nice. 73 degrees. Not, not too bad. Yeah. Not, not too bad. Mostly sunny most of the day. So good stuff there. Awesome. Well, yeah, everyone, again, match happening this Friday, 4.30 p.m. Make sure you got that Fox 40 app or ESPN Plus, wherever you might be watching it, so you could tune in to the match. And then, yeah, enjoy your Saturdays. We won't have a match on Saturday this week, so uh, it'll be uh, good, right? We'll be able to do more things on, on Saturday. As always, everyone, thank you so much for listening to us tonight, and you'll hear us next week here on State of the Republic podcast. Hear the music. So for all the listeners, uh, Sharon's uh, has just shown her cat on camera, and her cat just looked at us right now, and it looked really funny. But <laughs> <laughs> you know, I have to get in at least one shot with the cat, at least one, at least this one. She loves listening. She loves podcasts. When it's podcast time, she gets right up here. She usually is laying in her bed, sleeping. And this is the little cat. This is a uh, little little Carly. Um, yeah, so she she loves she loves listening to the podcasts.